It's finally here. Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hello and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm here blessed with a man whose name is so illustrious, the angels and all the heavens sing it true. Uh, Dan T, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. <laughs> nice to have me. Yeah. Yeah. The name of names sung by angels for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He says as he sings it. Yeah. Um, this is another one of those episodes where there's so much, so many different ways that we can go with you. Um, we didn't know where we're going to end up. So the listeners could be listening to this on Beyond Success. It could be on Do It With Dan, but we know it's going to be somewhere special. We want to make sure everyone gets to know you and what you're doing. So why don't you start this for by giving uh, the elevator pitch as to who Dante is? Yeah. So I think the elevator pitch on who I am is... Uh, so, um, I come from a place of sort of chaos, like as mm -hmm. a young kid. And, uh, the first thing that I learned to do was just survive that. And I'm mm. sort of proud that, that we were able to accomplish that. And then, Beautiful. uh, then there was a little period of time. I'm not terribly proud of it, but it's true where, um, I, I found that it was, uh, it was an effective short-term strategy to sort of fight back. Right. And to maybe sort of be the, the creator of chaos, mm -hmm. um, and uh, not not proud of it, but it's it's part of where I come from. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't I didn't have the, or maybe I had too much moral fortitude. But I didn't have the fortitude to be able to survive taking those actions. And by the grace of the universe, I was sort of put in a place in 1994 where I was given sort of a you know not crystal clear choice, but a path opened up to mm -hmm. try living a different way. And, um, so we took that by the grace of the universe. So it wasn't a lot of thought. I just accidentally didn't not get on that path. And, and since then I realized that really, you know, all of that experience is valuable in one way. And then all those skills, those short-term skills in terms of sort of try to create chaos and take it was, it was the right skills. It was just turned in the wrong direction, right? Mm. <laughs> it was to serve myself and to serve other people. And so it was right skill set, wrong aim. Mm. And so mm. when we got the aim right, things really took off. And really since Beautiful. 1994, things have been pretty fantastic, but it's all been about just trying to align with something significantly bigger than myself. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, I'm just excited by your bookshelf. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's just so much jumminess. Yeah. I love when there's so many books that they kind of have to get stacked this way because it's not working that way. Um, yeah. yeah. What's your favorite book? Do you have so, a favorite book? So if we went for uh, nonfiction to start, mm -hmm. there's a book called uh, Classic Cruise. And it's a collection of stories by a guy who passed away probably somewhere around 2012, Harry, Harry Cruz, uh, U.S. Uh, author, who is actually, I think, a college professor in the University of Florida. And Classic mm -hmm. Cruz is a collection of his readers. It's sort of not like I, I wouldn't say it's his best, but it's his essential writings. And if mm -hmm. you sort of put if you read that thing cover to cover, you get a pretty good M.O. of sort of him as a person, but also mm -hmm. um it gives you his outline to all of his stories and it's just, it's absolutely brilliant. So I, I read it about once every three years and it's, nice. uh, it's that way I'd say my favorite, if you just say book, right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. What's something that you've learned from that? Though? Uh, so, um, and this is Dan Rogers interpretation. There's probably some literature people out there that might have a different <laughs> interpretation 
<laughs> of, of what Harry Cruz this, is writing this is, about. This is your show, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Screw, screw this them. Is, this is my interpretation, but so Harry Cruz, I believe the sort of uh, the 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 puzzle that he's trying to solve in every single one of his his own life, mm-hmm. uh, and then the puzzle he was trying to solve in all of his stories is he writes about circus freaks, like proper cir- circus freaks with obsessions, mm-hmm. and they're all climbing the tower. And wow. in a Harry Cruz book, you can be rest assured they're going to make it to the top of the tower Beautiful. and they're going to take they're going to take some action when they get up there. And um, so they're they're fairly rough books. They're fairly mm-hmm. rough books, but the characters and the human complexity and sort of the good versus evil is pretty, pretty, pretty tough. It's pretty out there. It's great stuff. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So I, I've learned that I think all of us, I, I, I sort of signed up with Harry's. I think we're all climbing the tower mm-hmm. and uh, some of us make it all the way. It's not a good thing to climb the tower. So the tower um, in that context is he talks about, I think it was Kent state where a student got up on the tower and started shooting, uh, you know, oh, wow. at students. And so his, I think, again, my sort of interpretation is he thinks that we're all sort of on that obsession to some extent. And some of mm-hmm. us are intervened mm-hmm. before we get all the way up. And some of us, unfortunately, make it all the way to the edge and actually pull the trigger. And mm-hmm. and so um, I, I think <laughs> my experience with the human condition is if I'm not careful, I get on that tower and I start climbing, right? Mm. And it's it's by an act of grace that I get off the tower or I don't, I don't go up another rung. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So that's wow. sort of wow. what, what I learned from it. Yeah. yeah. So we've been on this journey from crazy childhood mm-hmm. evolved into uh, a fork in the road of choice where we could go one way or the other. We've ended on a, on a particular road. Now, what does that road look like? Where does, what's the town at the end of that road? Yeah. So I uh, was, it, it was all intentional, but it wasn't sec- uh, sequential or chronological or, or without a lot of uh, setbacks and, and sort of redos and that sort of thing. But but really since 1994, I've tried to own all of the decisions that I've made at like a really fundamental level. And I just found that it was a lot, uh, it was a lot more rewarding on every level. And it was also just a lot more fun to help people figure out where they wanted to go and how to get there. And where it started for me is in 1994, I took a job. Um, I, was, I was a furniture mover prior to that. And I was making a decent living. People were supporting families on, on you know, my coworkers, other truck drivers were supporting families on, on what we were making. But I, I um, after making that decision, I took a job at six bucks an hour rolling burritos. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was working with some other people uh, in my personal life. And I was like, they're going to pay me six bucks an hour to practice these spiritual principles that you want me to learn. <laughs> and uh, my my sort of, uh, one of my primary mentors said, he said, Dan, if you can keep that mindset, you'll never work another day. And so I've, I, I've, I've, I've worked more than I want to own, <laughs> but I've been paid for a lot more than I've worked. Like, uh, yeah. And so frequently what I say to folks is it's beat, it beats working because when I'm in that zone, we're not working. We might be getting paid, right. Mm-hmm. But we're not, but we're not working. And so really it's about, um, trying to align with first, the person that we're working with, where are they, you know, what are they trying to do? Where are they trying to go mm-hmm. and how can we help them get there? And then there's usually, um, smarter, smarter people, bigger organizations, other folks in our network that we can get them plugged into to, to help them get there. Brilliant. Yeah. So it feels like you've, you've taken burrito rolling on the road mm-hmm. and now people are getting the opportunity to 
to see what it is they want to do with their life and get some support in, in doing that. Again, looking at this bookshelf, you're gobbling yeah. up content, yeah. you're, you're yeah. staying, keeping that razor sharp and then going out and really being of service. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I'm, uh, folks that know me, uh, like there's not much middle, like I'm either like super granular or totally abstract. And so my journey mm-hmm. since then is I it was quite literal. I mean, I started off as a, as a furniture mover. So literally like we would show up with the truck and a couple other guys. And it's like, they tell us, this is our stuff. This is exactly where we want it to go. And we'd pick it up and put it on the truck and away we went um, with their permission. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, uh, yeah. Yeah. And Consensual then, furniture yeah, and then with the burrito, with the, exactly with the burrito rolling. Um, when I got there, it was, it was very new. It was uh, very early in its uh, stages. And mm-hmm. the guy, the, the owner said, Hey, I want, Want to be the next subway with burritos and this was in the early 90s and and so i they gave me a way more responsibility than i was qualified for but we were able to sort of help them do that and that led mm-hmm. to a lot of success but it was really just because it was obvious what he wanted to do i could i could envision subway sandwiches i had worked there mm-hmm. before right and and we had our own little burrito operation so we did a bunch of great stuff there and then the moving company came back and said, Hey, we were sort of waiting for you to graduate college, which I never did. And we wanted to get you into sales, but it's obvious that you're going to just do this work thing. You're doing all these great things in in the restaurant business, how about you come try sales with us. And so I, I got involved in sales mm-hmm. and I was w- way more qualified to move the stuff than I was to sell it. But because mm-hmm. I understood how to move it so well, I accidentally sold stuff just because I was highly credible, right? They, they, uh-huh. I think the first couple orders, they were like, this guy has no idea what he's doing as a salesperson, but he definitely understands what's required <laughs> to move our stuff. <laughs> I trust this guy. He's yeah, going to know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'd be better, yeah, he'd be better in the truck for sure. But yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, but because of that, because there was some success, sort of accidental success, it, it allowed me the opportunity to really refine what we were doing and who we could do our best work for. Mm. So virtually everyone that we started working, you know, that, that we quote unquote made a sales call to had something big and difficult for us to move. So it wasn't like there was any unqualified people, mm-hmm. but what I found out just through the process of error of accidentally closing people that didn't want what we had, there was some people that really wanted to just be, like they wanted to be the conductor and they just wanted our service to sort of be an order taker. And we, we were a, a absolute top notch provider and we had ridiculous operations and customer service. In fact, I was the pretty face. That's how good the team was mm-hmm. that was doing this whole thing. And so like in order for us to do our best work, it was more like, no, you just give us a thumbnail sketch of what you need and then we'll figure out the rest. Cause we're world-class uh, at this. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of about a year or so into sales, I actually just started qualifying the customers way harder than they qualified me. Right. It was like, I, I knew we could close I and mean, we could potentially work with everyone we were talking to. Mm-hmm. But what I was looking for was folks that really wanted to get the work off of their desk. Mm-hmm. So they cared enough to care, but not mm-hmm. enough to do it themselves. I'm with you. Right? I'm with you. I'm with you. And that's a different customer. Right. And so then it was more like, well, that's really the person that we're looking for. We're not necessarily looking for people who need stuff moved. We need, mm-hmm. we need what, we, and then we started calling them reluctant shippers. Mm-hmm. And so again, that was just the whole thing about, Hey, so a quote unquote sales call back then, it, like you show up. And so I'm, I would interview them and try to figure out where they were. 
not mm-hmm. what I could sell them, but like, what were they actually looking to buy? Mm-hmm. And I didn't track it. Um, I started measuring everything later, but, but mm-hmm. I didn't track it, but I can tell you probably easily three quarters of them. We, I referred to our quote unquote competition. I was like, Hey, you should work with so-and-so you should work with these guys. You should do whatever. Cause it wasn't, they weren't going to be a good fit for us. Mm-hmm. Right? And so then that led to even more success. Cause when you don't try to sell people that you can't sell in the first place, you're really effective. And so I bought the company in 2002 oh, and then wow. we started organizing the company around those sorts of crazy ideas that we're actually going to just try to serve the people that really want what we have. Mm-hmm. And then there was plenty, plenty of mistakes that we made along that after that, but that was, so first it was a sort of on an individual level. Then it was as the part of the team as the salesperson. Mm-hmm. And then it was from the leadership level as the owner. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And there's something beautiful about that because you'd gone off to go and roll burritos and they pulled you back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Despite their better judgment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when they pulled you back, it wasn't even something that you were necessarily qualified for, but it's something that actually led to, I'm just laughing at the times when we think we've got it all figured out and we think what well, we don't have the qualification for what we're not right for what we're right for. Mm-hmm. And the completely counterintuitive combination of those, the answers to those questions ends up being you taking over the company. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, my, I'm a, I mentioned before we got started, I'm a fairly spiritual person and I report mm-hmm. up, uh, I, I don't have a brand in the, in the discussion. I'm, I just, uh, report up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I just refer to it as the boss, but, um, mm-hmm. so when I check in with the boss, he, she, it, um, if, if, if there's a clear way to go, we just go that direction. Like mm. that's, that's just how, uh, and, and the reason why I bring that up is, is my experience has been, is I need just enough process, or I'd say just enough of a system to leave enough magic for the boss, for mm-hmm. her, he, it to do mm-hmm. the real magic. Like, mm. um, I've actually gotten some of the things I wanted and it didn't suck. It wasn't nearly as great as what I got when I was just sort of in, you know, and left enough room for, you know, the boss, the universe, God, whatever, you know, whatever mm-hmm. you want, whatever, when, uh, when I do the footwork, the boss will provide, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that has by far the best things that have happened in my life have come that way. The other things weren't awful, you know, yeah. I mean, plan, planning is not bad. It's not like, mm-hmm. but, but like real magic is when, when you get what you need, like the old, you know, Rolling Stones lyrics. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and the, the thing that I'm finding with that, and this is a conversation that I'm having internally a lot at the moment is that dance between intentionality and surrender mm-hmm. when surrender can be destructive because we're actually just surrendering to our unconscious programs and when intentionality is pointless because we're just playing out unconscious programs yeah. <laughs> and it's getting behind all of those layers of stuff to a clear enough relationship to the truth of whom what we are that then honors that truth and then looks to create from that place or looks to have fun allowing and surrendering from that place. But ultimately it's the intentionality to be well connected and plugged in, you know, getting the orders directly from the boss, not the Chinese whispers Mm -hmm. and enjoying the adventure regardless of what happens anyway. Yeah. No, I, I, the, 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 the process that works best for me, it doesn't mean I do it perfectly or, uh, or that I do it all the time, but what in, in the rear view mirror, what's obvious is that, um, a, a sort of daily review at the end of the day to sort of reflect on, you know, 
Where mm-hmm. was I selfish? Where was I acting in fear? Because I know I'm, it's, it's a given that it's going to happen. So it's just sort of checking it. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, hopefully over time that gets a little classier, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I, don't yeah, ever, yeah. I don't ever outgrow it, but hopefully it gets a little classier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I have eight restraints that I try to live by, but, but there's uh, restraint number eight. I'm going to jump here a little bit, but restraint number eight is you can always add one. And mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a plus and minus. Like, you know, you can or, you, or, or it's just a waste of time. So the bonus restraint, because you can always add one. So there's eight restraints, but I got nine, is mistakes at full speed. And the mm. reason why I bring that up is I, I think mistakes at full speed isn't as fast as I can go. That's reckless. Mm-hmm. Mistakes at full speed means I'm going to go the appropriate speed with mm-hmm. the idea that I'm not going to be perfect. Mm. And going slower just slows learning. That's all. <laughs> just learn slower, right? So I, I think to the best of my ability, it's mistakes at full speed all day. Mm-hmm. And then reflecting at night with, oh, <laughs> there was plenty of mistakes made, right? Mm-hmm. So, but then it can be some learning at that point, right? I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Get, get, get the bandaid off. Yes. yes <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Getting the bandaid off. That's where magic is. I love that. And I love that you, you're like, yeah, it worked out, but I didn't know it was going to work out. I was kind of just trusting and seeing where it's all going to go. Well, well, and you know, on the, on the, certainly on the personal front too, but on the business front, man, there's been plenty of times that we were right for all the wrong reasons. Right? Like mm-hmm. I was, I was uh, blessed to have a brilliant business partner for well over a decade. And he's an older guy, uh, mm-hmm. but but uh, but brilliant, brilliant guy with a deep, deep, deep bench and experience, and all that. So we did analysis, or you know, all this other stuff, and we, you know, we always were super intentional. And mm-hmm. then 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 we'd be in the middle of, it, we'd be like, oh, it looks like we're right, not for any of the reasons why we thought, but it turns <laughs> out we're right anyways, right? So you know, I mean, it just yeah. I mean, I think a win the is planning, a win is a win. Yeah, the planning is really more just so you've got some sense of what to do when it's happening right yeah every once in a while it's actually correct but most of the Mm. time it's just to get a sense of the dynamics but yeah i'm finding more and more that my planning is just planning to be okay with what happens and yeah um with with the work i do with alchemic life creation it's almost like designing the functional limits on how i want to feel Mm-hmm. and even getting direction on what that is and then being okay with however we get to that mm-hmm. and what it looks like with the business that I'm in, the business I'm doing, who I'm working with, whether I'm not, if I go on holiday, if I don't, if this works out, that doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Not trying to juggle the details because we just don't have the processing power to juggle the details. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, uh, I don't want to get super political or anything, but like, um, can I just say that coronavirus is just slightly more complicated than a single facet? You know, it's like, it's not, it's everything everyone thinks it is. And then a hell of a lot more. Right. And then, and then I don't care. I don't care what flag you fly. Right. Then, yeah. Then somebody says, well, this is what it's all about. It's like, well, yes, but that's one facet of a yeah. really big diamond. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, we just don't like just because just because we all have iPhones or whatever in our pocket doesn't mean <laughs> that we're smart enough to manage the universe. Right. You yeah. Know what I mean, like that's, that's it's crazy. Part of the reason why I try to align myself to something bigger than myself is it just seems like a better strategy than trying mm-hmm. to figure it all out. Right. It's like much to your point about like, you know, dealing with, with the pandemic, which has been for some people, it's been the best time ever. For some people, it's been the worst time ever. Yeah. People have lost loved ones. People have made babies. I've got one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got my own quarantine kid or whatever. But um, 
people are arguing their side, but there's evidence. Everyone's got enough evidence to back what they think their part is because there's so much data to pull from. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the most hotly debated things was, you know, the face mask thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You'll read one study and it will say it's useful. You read another study, it says yeah. it's useless. You read another study that says only this type works. You read another study that says no type works. It's like there are so many levels to it. And I think some governments have done their best. I can't speak for all governments, but I'm mm-hmm. sure there are some that have done their best to try and do the, the job of protecting people and, mm-hmm. and creating a framework. Some applied a hammer, I think, mm-hmm. and small businesses have really paid the price and mm-hmm. suicide rates with more teens died of suicide in mm-hmm. pandemic in quarantine than even died from anything else and then pushing things through and all the things but ultimately as long as you're outsourcing the responsibility for your own life you're in trouble yep. and if you're doing it hands-on and trying to work out all the details when you don't have the processing power you're in trouble yep. so deferring to deferring to the ultimate processing power of infinite intelligence, I think is just a smarter way to go. Not done from fear, not done from ego, but done from trust, loving trust, I think. Yeah, no, and and you touched on it too, is also just owning the parts that we actually can control and that Mm -hmm. we can process, which is a much shorter list. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm 52 now. I've been looking at that list for a while since 1994 (laughs) and it just gets shorter. (laughs) I mean, it's like, Oh yeah, no, I don't have control over that either. Yeah. No, like the boss's list gets bigger Mm -hmm. and my list gets shorter. I still flub it all the time anyways, but like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't change the fact that, that, um, yeah, I just, I, I think the proper sort of response to the human condition is of terror. Like, I mean, that that's reasonable. And and so if you've got a strategy and I tried one, I tried multiple ones. One, I I tried to survive it and I tried Mm -hmm. to like inflict it. And like, Mm -hmm. none of those worked as well as like, okay, the way I can get out of bed is to try to align myself to this thing that is significantly bigger than me. I mean, Mm. it's comical when we think about like all these things that matter and I get why they matter and they matter to me because I got to live in the, in the world. But, Mm -hmm. but like we think about a day, right? 24 Mm -hmm. hours, like, uh, okay. It made sense when we, when we came up with it, you know, a long time ago, Mm -hmm. but it's not even the center of the universe. Like the sun is just some random star and we're just some other random fleck of dust on earth. Like that matters in the overall grand system. I mean, it's like the most random measurement of all time if we think about it, but yet it's like what rules our little brains. Right. Yeah. So, it, I mean, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get to work. I gotta do things. I'm not saying I have no regard for it, but, mm-hmm. but I can't make it more important than it is. It's like, mm-hmm. it's still, we are just so small in what mm-hmm. it is. Right. And, and the only way, that I can sort of have any comfort other than terror is to say, okay, well, I must be part of this. Mm-hmm. Like it's so big. It's so infinite. And just cause I don't understand it doesn't mean it's, there's not order to it. To me, mm. the planets are not smashing into each other. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call that alignment, right? Mm. Do I have the physics to back it up? No, but, <laughs> but, but I'm too, I'm too lazy to do the math myself, but, but like that appears from a big picture, like there's order. 
Mm-hmm. And like the idea that somehow I'm going to get outside of that order is cute, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not reasonable. Like it's super mm-hmm. cute to think I'm going to get off the game board. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you're not. You can either, you can either try and you can use the word earlier surrender. I think it's the appropriate word. You can sort of surrender mm-hmm. to the game board and to the mm-hmm. rules. And there's some responsibility in that. Be super intentional about the things that you can do. Right. But then the other parts of it. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's the part of the game we can't control. Mm. So, yeah. <sighs> understanding the parts of the game that we can control and for me it's not even control control is what we do after the fact something's yeah. going off we try to control it yeah. versus being deliberate in the direction that you're going in and then you're just managing or um holding the line and going the right direction that for me so much oh my god it's gone wrong i need to control it yeah. and thing versus yeah. well i i think of control slightly differently right because mm-hmm. it might like i said my list is short and it gets shorter every time because <laughs> this and this is not me being cute this is gonna maybe be funny but it's deadly serious like if i ever had control i'd never give it up ever i'd give you a day off maybe maybe an afternoon off but i'd never give it up right it's a lie that i ever had it like that's mm-hmm. that's the reality so it's mm-hmm. i'm trying to be i mean it's a little cute but it's actually deadly serious because i've learned the hard way <laughs> and i'll learn this afternoon that i still don't have control right it's mm-hmm. a total lie like i mm-hmm. i mean i have a very that when i think about control when i'm in the right place it's actually a super short list Mm-hmm. Right? It's like my immediate action sometimes, because right? mm-hmm. sometimes my mouth still gets out in front of me, right? So yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, and bites a foot in it as well. But, but, in, but in theory, I have control over that, right? Yeah, so amazing, amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, what's something that you're cooking right now that you're excited about that the listeners can maybe be a part of or sure. know, come and hang out with you on? Yeah. So, uh, in general, um, I think that there is more opportunity today than ever before. And if folks can't see how that is, I'd, I'd be interested in trying to help them figure it out um, for sure. Cause I think it's there. I think it's there for all of us just in general, mm-hmm. I'd just be the general big thing. Um, so we, uh, what kept us out of trouble pre pandemic, um, our sort of main focus was a company called point to point transportation. Mm-hmm. It was a corporate event shipping company, um, corporate events need to say no more. Right. So yeah. we, mm-hmm. we, we got a nice year and a half break. And with that year and a half break, um, through sort of the grace of the universe, we looked at what made point to point successful. We did mm-hmm. seven years on the Inc. 5000 going into the pandemic without salespeople. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were growing at a really high rate without salespeople. Mm-hmm. And so we had a couple other business people ask us how we did that. And as we started sort of taking that apart and sort of decoding all the systems that we had put in place, we found, um, we think a way to approach business differently. We think I've always thought of business as a system. I think people Mm -hmm. think of businesses as businesses. If you think of it as a system, you come to some different conclusions. So we're, we're, we're pouring a bunch of passion and energy and thought into that. And its current iteration right now is this company called sales sidekick. And Mm -hmm. so we're trying to help people unlock the sales, the sales box if they hadn't, but we're doing it without salespeople. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So despite the name, yeah. So, so it's like you were on the Inc. 5,000 seven years in a row without salespeople. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. You added customers, uh, one customer a week for six and a half years without salespeople. Yep. Yeah. That's what we did without salespeople. So that's, we're trying to, we're trying to see if we can't um, help other people do that. And then along the way, as we learn with our, with our clients that maybe we come uh, to a better system of business in general, that's what we're doing. Gangster. Gangster. Yeah. Gangster. Beats working. Beats working. <laughs> so people who want to have a chat with you and see how that might be a part of what they're doing, what's the best way for them to do that? 
Uh, so uh, Dan T. Rogers at LinkedIn is sort of uh, the hub where everything is. If, okay. If, we'll make sure we pop that in the show notes. We'll make yeah. Sure we'll the show notes. Yeah. Well, name of my name. This has been epic. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for sharing your light. And thank you for filling me up with today's conversation. I'm jealous of that bookshelf. Yeah. So jealous. Because yeah. yeah. basically when I made the move out here, all my stuff was in storage. So I've got a lot of books in my brother's garage. I've been starting to build up more paperbacks here, but with all the traveling that I was normally doing pre-COVID, Kindle was the way to go. So actually my Kindle has become like a massive library, but then I'm kind of missing the, the page flicking. It's a- I, I, so what I do now, and I would, this is a hack. I don't know who I stole this from, but somebody, somebody told me this. So I do audio executive summaries if they're available. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, a, it's like six minutes and that's yeah. usually enough. Right. And mm-hmm. then if there's more, then it's like, Oh, then I'll do the full book audio and mm-hmm. play it like two and a half times fast. So yeah, super yeah. fast. Yeah. Then if I'm still interested, it's like, okay, let's buy the hard copy and, <laughs> and then go right to where we want to go. Yeah. So that was a hack. Okay. I don't, somebody that I, 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 I got one of my restraints is copy off the smartest kid in class. I didn't, I don't come up with anything. I just steal other people's ideas. <laughs> Willingly, like we're not, there's Willingly. no copyright violation, but, but yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, so I, I forget who, whoever was that clued me in on that. The thing. surrogate strategy. Yeah. Yeah. So, Cause I used to do it the other way, which is all, every books looks fascinating. Yeah. You start them and then, you know, you finish a third of them and yeah. 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 Just, yeah so. Well, um, I'm definitely going to pull that on for my book, book a week challenge. It definitely helped me, uh, club of the books at a faster rate. So I'd well, there's, there's a, between, I, I look for audio first, but between audio and then just on the Kindle or uh, iPad or whatever, there's a lot of digital versions and there's actually some software services out there that offer the executive summary. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something there to be able to say, Hey, what are the cliff notes? Like, mm-hmm. you know, cause frequently that's enough. Like I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not, I'm not trying to teach the class. I'm just trying to find the goal. And the thing is, well, if a book can't be condensed into something like that, it's probably all over the place anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably a conversation with me. Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Too much spaghetti, not enough waffles. Yeah. Too, too yeah. much spaghetti. Amazing. Yeah. Well, Dan T. Rogers, you are an absolute champion. Thank you so much for being with us today. Listeners, please do make sure you go and connect with him, have a conversation, rate and review this podcast. It means the world to me and share it with someone who can get something from this conversation too. Uh, until next time, keep dreaming with your eyes. Open. Remember, you can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life, even without salespeople. And bye for now. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.